Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at a proposed e-commerce joint venture between Chinese internet giant Alibaba and Russia's Mail.ru. What will the tie-up bring to each company and what are the geostrategic implications? Hannah Murphy put these questions to the FT's James King and Henry Foy. Henry, what do we know about the proposed joint venture between Alibaba and the Russian company Mail.ru? We don't know a huge amount of exact details about this deal that they are currently negotiating, but what we do know is that Alibaba has been trying for about 18 months now to find a way into Russia. They were in talks with Sparebank, the largest lender here in Russia, it's a state-owned bank, and what Sparebank would have brought is a huge client base, a huge database of customers, and of course the weight of the government and finance. Now this current discussion is with Mail.ru, which is one of the largest internet companies here. They own Vcontakte, which is the Russian Facebook, if you like, and other platforms with large numbers of users who know how the Russian internet consumer operates and the RDIF which is the Russian Direct Investment Fund. This is a state-owned sovereign wealth fund which normally takes small stakes in foreign investment opportunities partly as a way to encourage foreign companies to put money in and also partly to give a bit of state backing to it to say this is something that the government believes is a good thing. Why did the potential spare bank deal fall through? Well, no one's really come out and pointed fingers, but what it looks like is that Sparebank signed a deal with Yandex, which is Russia's biggest online platform, I suppose, from search, email, maps, Yandex Taxi. They have a full suite of internet applications, a major internet company here, just before the Alibaba talks publicly broke down. So perhaps Sparebank thought it could do something better with Yandex. But also there was discussions about who would take the lead in that. And I think there was a breakdown in communication between Alibaba and Sparebank as to who would lead that initiative. James, can you tell us what advantages the joint venture with Mail.ru would bring to Alibaba? Well, the advantages really are numerous. There's Alibaba's own business in Russia, 140 million population in Russia, about half of which are on the Internet. So that's a big potential market there. Also, I think there's some really significant importance with regard to China's plan to roll out the so-called digital Silk Road. This is a plan whereby China is currently building the physical infrastructure, that's fibre optic cables, satellites, telecoms, networks, telecoms, base stations, etc. And what Alibaba is doing or hoping to do is to roll out the soft infrastructure that follows that. In other words, a big e-commerce presence, not only in Russia, but really across Eurasia, replicating what they're already pretty far advanced in doing in Southeast Asia. And the last thing I think of great importance is that this sets up a battle royal with Amazon on a global basis. Alibaba is obviously the titan in terms of e-commerce and big data in China, and Amazon holds the same position in the US. And really, both of them are moving into markets all over the world. So from all of those perspectives, this is a hugely important potential deal. We should stress at the moment it hasn't happened. Negotiations are reported to be at an advanced stage. And Henry, can you tell us about the Russian joint venture partner Mail.ru? Does it have a foothold outside Russia, for example? No, Mail.ru is a very Russia-focused company. As I said, they run Vcontakte, which is this massive social website, which in many ways is far more popular here than something like Facebook or Twitter. It's not just for messaging and for pictures, it's file sharing. There's a music platform, a sort of Spotify built into it, and a few other major platforms that are part of Russians' everyday life. What 
hasn't happened here. Although a large number of people, as James said, roughly half the population of 140 million are online, e-commerce still lags the penetration of countries such as the UK or other EU nations. And so maybe what it needs is somebody like Alibaba to take this market by the scruff of the neck to really roll things out with a partner like Mail.ru, which will give them the scope and the scale. If this deal happens, you could imagine Alibaba on the screens of every single online Russian user, at least those using Vcontacture and Mail.ru's email services within nine months to a year to 18 months. I mean, that would give Alibaba instant penetration and an instant name recognition. It would be tied up with a brand that Russians trust. Russians have trusted for a long time with their email, with their social media accounts. And I think that's exactly what Alibaba will need coming in here. Amazon hasn't set up a Russian website. Some people do use other Amazon websites, such as the German website. Not everything can be shipped here. So Alibaba's really getting in while the market is growing and Russian consumers are working out what e-commerce really means. And how will the joint venture further Russia's ambitions for expanding its internet platforms abroad? That's a difficult question. I mean, I think the devil will be in the detail regarding what Alibaba will bring in exchange. I mean, maybe there's a part of these negotiations that is mail.ru and RDIF asking for Alibaba's expertise, for Alibaba's software clout, some of the back end, if you like, that might be able to be rolled out for Russians going abroad. But you've got to remember that Russia is such an untapped market, it's colossal. And that is one of the challenges, it's geographically massive. And even though Alibaba has experience in China of delivering and of covering such a wide geographical area, China has, you know, almost 10 times the population. So the, the fruits, if you like, of going further out from the major cities are much, much easier to grasp. Russia will be a different kettle of fish. The majority of people, and of course the majority of people who are going to be using the internet and buying expensive things online are in Moscow, St. Petersburg, Sochi, and the other Western cities. Now, how Alibaba and Mail.ru and RDIF, if this deal goes through, work that out, that will be really, really interesting to see how e-commerce takes on a very sort of Russian flavour. And James, should Amazon be worried about losing out in the Central Asian region? I think definitely. As I mentioned earlier, this is the beginning of a battle royal between Amazon and Alibaba on a global scale. I think the most instructive place to look is Southeast Asia, where Alibaba recently took an 83% stake in Lazada, which is the number one online shopping platform in Southeast Asia. It operates in Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, and other places. And in a matter of two or three years, Alibaba has put 4 billion US dollars into that company. It now services 155,000 local and international sellers across the region and addresses a market of 560 million consumers. I mean, the speed that Alibaba has moved into the region, the huge determination that they're showing in the amount of money that they're putting in, and the fact that they are now snapping up other e-commerce companies in that region, most notably one called Tokopedia, shows that Alibaba has global ambitions. And given that this is a company with about 40 billion US dollars in revenue last year and several strands to its international business, including AliExpress, which is a platform through which people abroad can buy things from China online. That's something which they've already rolled out in Russia, along with Tmall, which is another part of the Alibaba stable, an e-commerce platform which is already operating in Russia and several other countries in the world. Alibaba is shaping up into a really formidable competitor. And frankly, 
In Southeast Asia, at least, Amazon so far has appeared flat-footed. In Europe, in Eurasia, I think the kind of battle lines have yet to be drawn. But certainly, if this deal goes ahead, it's a big step forward for Alibaba. And of course, sanctions must mean that a deal with China is more attractive to Russia. Certainly. I mean, since 2014, since the imposition of Western sanctions against Moscow and by the EU and the US after the invasion of Crimea, the Kremlin, Moscow, has been very, very, very obvious in its desire to pivot West, to build better relationships with China, with Beijing, with Chinese companies. There's been big ticket investments in the oil and gas industry already and in other sectors. And that is preferable to the Russian government at the moment, to have Chinese majors, Chinese companies dominating these key areas. I mean, we've already seen how Uber has come here and really fallen on its face compared to the Russian competitors. It's sold out to Yandex, who have its own taxi brand. Google really lags behind Yandex in search and on mobile apps. And even companies like Booking.com are getting a lot of bad press here and calls from Russian big hotel chains to maybe restrict their access as a Western brand. So I think, as James says, this is a battleground between major, major global companies looking to expand. But the Russian government, at least as far as I read it, would probably rather see Alibaba dominate than Amazon. That was Hannah Murphy talking to James King, Emerging Markets Editor in London, and Henry Foy, Moscow Bureau Chief. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news tomorrow. But in the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.